I'm Darius McDermott from Fund Calibre, and this is the Investing on the Go podcast. The subject of today's podcast is property, and more specifically, property equities or real estate securities. I'm delighted to be joined by Marcus Fair Mudge, who is one of the very select set of managers that has an elite rating for both an open-ended fund, which is the BMO European Real Estate Securities Fund, and an investment trust, which is the TR Property Investment Trust. Marcus, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Darius. So, we live in interesting times, and property has been as an interesting asset class um, as one can find. Let's maybe take a gentle start in with the trust itself. Um, The trust has the ability to invest in both commercial and residential property. Maybe you could talk us through the impact of coronavirus on some of these areas and how any, maybe you might see some structural long-term change in, in the property sector because of the virus. Yes, absolutely. Um, the, the, the trust is primarily invested in, in real estate equities, um, basically more than 90%, and then has a, a, about a 10% exposure to, to physical property as well. The split between commercial and residential is, is a little more complicated um, in as much as that our, uh, our residential exposure is, is not really in the UK. It's primarily in, in Europe. Uh, particularly in prim- the majority of it in Germany, but also in Sweden and Finland. And if you could imagine kind of buy-to-let on an industrial scale, that's what we've got exposure to. This is the, the PRS, the private residential sector. And what's so interesting about residential markets and why they've a sector and, and the, these particular companies have actually done so well relatively in the, uh, yeah, in, in the, in the COVID crisis um, is that the rents are regulated. So they are inflation linked, but are in most cases sub, sub open market. As a consequence, um, and particularly in Germany, where we've seen a lot of support for people who've been furloughed or, or made redundant, we actually, the companies we're invested in have had um, incredibly high rent recovery rates. So not only are there, are these portfolios of, of, of residential units fully occupied in most cases, they've also collected pretty well 100% of the rent. And that's, um, that's a real positive. And that's a bit of a difference between the UK, which is much more buy to own, whereas in, in some parts of continental Europe that you described, renting is far more centred to the, their culture of, of, of how they live with respect to their residential property. Absolutely. And uh, really, that's a function of affordability. I mean, you, if you could rent the apartment that you wanted to, to live in, uh, and it cost you a lot less than the mortgage, um, then you have for many, many years, for, for generations, um, you've, you've rented rather than, rather than owned. Um, for the UK, where it's open market rents, and um, there, is, you know, there's, there isn't um, that uh, discount, um, it, it's been tougher and we are uh, less confident because ultimately people's ability to pay their rent and the current passing rents is a function of them having jobs and, uh, and then employment. And, and that is something that's clearly coming under pressure. Um, turning to the commercial exposure that we have, 
what's been fascinating um, from the middle of February to, to, to now is the difference in performance at the subsector level. And um, that has been crucial to the success uh, of the trust and of our open-ended fund um, over, over the last few months. And the easiest way to think about this is the market has been really quite positive about those sectors where the income has secure, uh, probably index linked, and where landlords have been able to recover the rents uh, from tenants. And the most obvious um, sectors that have enjoyed that, uh, that those characteristics of things like um, healthcare, um, uh, uh, nursing accommodation, uh, supermarkets, um, and uh, and particularly logistics and industrial property, all of which were you know rent rent recovery has been high. And of course, at the other end of the scale, the consumer facing um, uh, uh, real estate, uh, bars, restaurants, hotels, um, uh, shopping centers, um, et cetera, which have been closed uh, or, or, or really only open to for, 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 for emergencies, um, uh, have, have suffered. And we've seen the rent collection records that there be, be extremely low. Um, so you had this huge divergence uh, in performance as a result. What about the office sector? Um, we're all, whether we like it or not, much more familiar from working from home than we were um, three, six months ago. Do you see any sort of medium or long-term structural change with this working from home culture that we've had forced on us because of the pandemic, um, particularly with respect it's- maybe to the office sector? Yeah, it is. It's probably uh, alongside, and we'll come back to retail later. But alongside retail, this 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 question of of office demand in the future is absolutely the most interesting area at the moment. In the very short run, just to cover that off, we do see risk to um, serviced office operations and those companies that have um, quite short uh, lease uh, where where the where the the property companies' tenants are have quite short leases because people will, in the short run, whilst they corporates rebuild their their cash flows and their P and L, they will look to cut short term costs. But you you particularly asked about the medium and longer term picture, and there it's much less uh, clear because on the one hand, we absolutely expect all of us to be working to ultimately end up with a mix of working more from home but not 100% from home. I think most people realize that they've benefited to an extent, but really, if we only work from home forever, this will be a problem because we actually, that's not how business functions. We need to see our coworkers. We need to engage uh, with that ad hoc conversation in the office, and we need to see clients, and they want to see us as well. Um, What we therefore expect is just the change in working patterns. Now, of course, for the real estate industry, what does that mean for the space and the amount of space that's demanded? On the one hand, the thing that is absolutely clear is there will be what's called de-densification. So over the last 15, 20, 30 years of, of, of my career, um, we've seen a, a densification. And in fact, the amount of space per worker um, has got smaller and smaller. When I started in 1990, it was probably um, 150, maybe 200 square foot. Uh, per per employee. Now it's down to as much as 75, 80, 85. And that's been partly a function of air handling. We've been able to change the air much, much more better and also just 
design of offices, breakout space, etc. So first of all, we'll see um, a, a great, a, a, a reduced uh, densification. At the same time, because you may be working more from home, but you'll still want to be in the office at some point and have a desk, you can no longer do hot desking. You can't share that desk. So at the moment, it's, um, it's really up in the air. But I think to be calling the end of the office market uh, and office requirements is, uh, is premature uh, and probably wrong. What we might see, and this is something we're looking at quite closely and have bought into, is actually a little more decentralization, that actually it may not be in the big, expensive city centers. And by the way, we, we think always in terms of pan-Europe, not just the UK. Um, because that's our that's our universe. We're able to invest all over Europe, um, and you know, somewhere like Germany, which actually has no one dominant city. There are six big cities that are important have important office markets. You know, we might see them. You know, a, 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 they all continue to benefit because they have much smaller CBDs, etc. Whereas possibly London um, may, may 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 suffer. But on the flip side, and prior to COVID. Uh, and over the course of last year, you know, office names, uh, office property companies were enjoying a, a good recovery post the uh, uh, the sort of Boris bounce, as it were. And this was all on the back of a lack of supply of new offices. And in fact, that's one of the key features of um, of real estate markets around the globe, which is a really a hangover from the GFC, is that we haven't had a huge amount of speculative development. Um, going on in, in any sectors, um, and and that has been a you know a good underpin. So even though we're going to see this drop off in demand in the short run, and and I very much doubt we'll see another skyscraper bigger than twenty two Bishopsgate, um, which has just been completed. Um, that may be the sort of peak of the mar- of that market. Um, we are you know we think the supply is is really quite muted. So that's that's something that should be borne in mind. Sticking then with the trust, um, investment trusts have a revenue reserve where uh, the board at their discretion can keep some income back to use for future um, income payments. There's been an announcement this week from the board on the TR Property Trust. Could you give me a a moment or two as to to what they've said recently? Yes, yeah, so uh, we published our, our full year results um, uh, on, on Friday. Now, of course, as an investment trust, we publish the asset value of the fund every day. So, um, you know, you were, investors were, didn't have to wait for that announcement to see what the performance was either to the end of, of March um, or, or, or even up to, up to the previous working day. The bit of new information that Jay won't have received until Friday was the earnings per share and the dividend. Um, and in summary, the board decided to pay out for the full year 14, um, 14 pence in total. And the total earnings were a little bit ahead of that. So the payout ratio was um, you know, 96, 97%. That's now, 14 pence per share. Yes, sorry, 14 pence per share. Absolutely. Yeah. So the dividend yield of today's share price is just under 4%. Now, bear in mind that lots of property companies have announced that they are cutting or withholding dividends looking forward for the year that we're now in, uh, the year to March 21. Some investors might be surprised that the board was so, uh, was so robust and positive about that. And the answer is, 
to your point, they have revenue reserves, and our revenue reserves total approximately 14 pence per share. So if we receive no income for the whole of the year to March 21, technically the board could use those reserves to, to, pay, uh, to pay the dividend. Now, the reality is um, we will lose some earnings because we're already looking forward into, the, into March 21 um, because of these companies that aren't, uh, have decided to withhold or not pay dividends. Um, and that's where these reserves could well come in, uh, come in uh, to be used um, because that's what they're there for. They're there to help top up uh, in periods where we don't get, um, you know, where dividend uh, levels fall. But very importantly, given that our exposure to, to healthcare, to supermarkets, to residential, to industrial and logistics, you know, the, these are all sectors who we think can, are going to continue to pay and pay full dividends. And we have very little exposure to retail. Um, in the UK, it's just uh, our supermarket exposure, which is fine. And in Europe, it's, it's less than 5% of the assets uh, of the trust. So I think, in conclusion, the, the, the message from the board of, of a full payout ratio is, look, you, we've earned, you shareholders, have, have this money's been earned by the trust, and we believe it should be paid to you as, as earnings for the year to March 20. Um, and, but we have these reserves, and we wanted to highlight that. The board wanted to highlight that. Um, which can be used then uh, look at looking forward. But also, it was also a, a comment about the strength of some of the earnings that we're already seeing coming into uh, our revenue account um, for the first quarter of the new financial year. Brilliant. Um, let's just touch briefly then on your open-ended fund, the BMO European Real Estate Security, which is rated by Fund Calibre. Now, you have some slightly wider powers where you are able to use some short positions selectively to take greater underweight positions against a benchmark. Has that been helpful in the falling markets for, for, for that fund? Absolutely. Um, I mean, as you said, it's a, it's a, it's, this fund is not a, uh, a long short fund by any stretch of the imagination. It has the same benchmark as TR Property. What it does have is, as you point out, that extra tool in the box in the usage uh, structure where we can have uh, short positions. So um, we find it particularly useful where if there is a relatively small company that we uh, aren't positive about, obviously in TR property, we can only have a zero holding in that. Um, whereas in, in ERES, in the European Real Estate Securities Fund, um, we, we can... Um, exhibit greater negative conviction by having a, a, a short position as well. Now, we're very careful to make sure that we, and as we always have done, you can look at our presentations on the website, either on the TR property or on the ERES website, we, we very much look at our world uh, in terms of subsectors. And therefore, we will, you know, if we have that um, negative conviction on one particular stock, we're almost certainly going to have some long conviction uh, in another stock in that subsector to make sure that we don't get caught out um, particularly badly. But yes, um, in the period, uh, in the sell-off from the middle of February to uh, the middle of March, which was you know, very aggressive, um, you know, it did benefit us. Brilliant. Now, maybe a um, moderately brief but last killer question. Um, given where we stand today, can you give me um, a broad outlook for your uh, property real estate securities Maybe over the next five years, do you think the prices are now favourable looking forward? 
I think it's, you know, the core reality is that we are going to be in a period of very low interest rates for uh, a long time, longer than we had hoped uh, last year as a consequence of this huge amount of state and central bank funding. Um, central banks really have to operate uh, uh, really have to encourage capital repression where they need the, you know, negative rates in, in, in many long duration assets are, we think, here to stay. And therefore, investors are still going to need income um, even more than they were in the past. And that's where quite a lot, but not all, um, real estate uh, sub-markets, sub-sectors uh, should be able to help contribute towards that. We remain very nervous about retail um, and I'm afraid for, for hotels and bars and restaurants around the world and for travel, it, it's really going to be you know, a question of, um, uh, of, of vaccines and, and, uh, and, and how we all deal with that. But we'll focus on those other markets that continue to drive that income um, and that's something that we hope to deliver. And if unfortunately further down the line there is this risk of inflation as a way of um, getting rid of the debt mountain, then I'm afraid you, you know, you, you, it's better to own real assets and you know, bricks and mortar is going to be in that category. Marcus, thank you so much for that fascinating run through uh, your asset class. Um, as you say, there's lots of subsectors, not all of them behaving in the same way. And fortunately, you've been on, on the right side of the, the, the better sectors for both the TR Property Investment Trust and the BMO European Real Estate Securities. Thank you very much. If you'd like to get more information on these funds and trusts, please go to fundcaliber.com. And if you'd like to subscribe for the Investing on the Go podcast, please also visit fundcaliber.com. Please note that these are unprecedented times and markets can react very quickly to news. The views expressed here are at the time of recording and could obviously change. Please remember, we've been discussing individual stocks to bring investing to life for you. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these stocks at the time of listening.